Ah, yes, senores y senores. What is going on? Welcome on into tonight's uh, OIN Philly Sports, uh, Philly Sports Trifecta, whatever you want to call it. We had a, a, a triple header in Philly Sports. The Phillies in the NLCS, six open after the season in Boston. Boo. Uh, and, of course, we had the Flyers taking on the reigning Eastern Conference champs down in Tampa Bay. And so I figured, listen, there was a lot going on here tonight, so let's just talk about it all at once. And let's hang out and let's discuss what went down here tonight. So we're going to talk about all three of these games. You guys are more than welcome to give your reaction to any game you want. Uh, there's a lot to choose from. All right? So we're going to be here for a while as well. So don't no rush. Take your time. And uh, and uh, let's 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 talk some Philly sports. I mean, listen, what a fantastic night. And the 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 luck for Philly sports continues. You get a Phillies one nothing lead over over the San Diego Padres after a game one win, a two nothing victory. You get the 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 smash the bells, the Smash Brothers, Kyle Schwarber and Bryce Harper do enough for the Phillies, give enough run support for the Philadelphia Phillies. Zach Wheeler was spectacular. There was some there 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 was a little bit of controversy in this game, which we'll get to in just a little bit with Rob Thompson and his decision with Zach Wheeler after the seventh inning. But at the end of the day, you suffered a little bit of a scare, but that's playoff baseball, and you got the one nothing league, and that is huge. With the Sixers, obviously, that was not what we thought, and we were on with with my boy with Dylan, and of course with Scotty Talk Sports over on DSM Media's pregame show with the of the Sixers. And we were all pretty confident heading into that game. And I think that a lot of Sixers Nation felt confident, but it really felt like Boston was on another level than what the Sixers were for at least a half, I would say. And so work is need to be done. I'm not concerned about the Philadelphia 76ers, but that's not how you want to start off the season. And there is work to be done. And we'll see if these guys can get it done. And of course, the Philadelphia Flyers. Torts goes back to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay does a little, you know, montage and celebrating uh, John Tortorella. I do believe it's a 30th anniversary as a franchise, so they're trying to remember every great memory. And of course, John Tortorella brought Tampa Bay their first Stanley Cup. And the Flyers down to nothing. They looked dead in the water for I want to say 10 minutes in the second period. Turned it on and came all the way back and beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'll tell you what, that was an impressive win. And so we're going to talk about it all here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I want to formally welcome everybody here to tonight to Phillies, Sixers, and Flyers game recap. Of course, I'm your boy, Ed Parcero Philly. I want to formally welcome Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Of course, we have DSM Media checking on in as well. So welcome everybody here tonight. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, keep dropping your comments in the comment section. We'll be reading those as the night goes on. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, the link to come on in the show is in the comment section. So drop your comments. Or I'm sorry. Copy and paste that and come on backstage, hang out, and then we'll get you guys coming in. And you guys are more than welcome to talk about anything that happened tonight. Listen, we had the Yankees also winning here today. So if any Yankees fans want to come on in, we'll listen to what you guys have to say. Not happy about the Guardians losing. Not happy about the Yankees in another ALCS. But, hey, will we have a rematch of 09? That'd be interesting. That would truly be interesting. Of course, tonight we are still sponsored, ladies and gentlemen. I want to give a big shout and a big thank you to La Terrain. Thank you, Lots Rain, for sponsoring today's episode. If you folks are in the market for a lot, for a watch in general, it's 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 sweater season. There's nothing that goes great with the sweater than a, a the great watch. Accessories are key, gentlemen. Accessories and and ladies. Uh, right now, ladies and gentlemen, if you head on over to Lots Rain watches, you can use my promo code at the checkout page, Barcelo Philly, for your ten percent off of your purchase of a Lots Rain watch. So, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you guys head on over and check out Lots Rain watches and make sure. 
you guys get your 10% off. All right, guys, we have to start off with the fightings. The fightings. You feel me? What a great way to kind of start it off. And this game one was everything that we anticipated a game one of the NLCS between the Padres and the Phillies would go, go as. We talked about it during the preview. Both these teams were pretty equally as far as their talent goes, right? Solid pitching, good bats, still do feel, and after game one, I feel very confident about that, that the Phillies' bats are just a tad, tad bit more powerful than what the Padres have to offer. And so going into game one, I think a lot of us expected it to be somewhat of a pitching duel, considering, number one, it is the it is Major League Baseball playoffs. We all know how it goes down. It's a pitcher's game. And then number two, uh, of course, you know, it's uh, it, it's it's Zach Wheeler and you Darvish. These two are studs. These two are aces within this in the National League. So it was going to be a lot of fun. We had our I mean, this the, the beginning part, like I mentioned, was pretty much as advertised. You had three scoreless innings in this ball game, And I'll be honest, it did feel like the Padres had a little bit more of the momentum. But then really all, all, all kind of took was Bryce Harper. I mean, Bryce Harper has been spectacular. I just got a look at his numbers in the playoffs here today. Oh my God, this man is about the, is is literally batting 500 in the playoffs. That is absolutely wild, considering that we thought that he was dead in the water. Um, it was it, it, it's he's on an absolute tear. But in the top of the fourth inning, um, he takes a uh, what was this uh, a a 93 mile per hour four seam fastball with no outs. And he takes this bad boy 368 feet into left field. Now, this one had a hang time, right? And I when as it was going up, I'm thinking to myself, is this going to go out? This is going to be really close if this goes out. And it just went out. Pro far, all, all he can do is just stare as it falls right into the crowd. Phillies go up one to nothing. You move on two innings later. Top of the sixth inning, we got Kyle Schwarber up. And on the first pitch, the first pitch, an 87-mile-per-hour cutter. Kyle Schwarber, with ease, bangs this bad boy for, ladies and gentlemen, the longest home run in Pico Park history. This ballpark's been open for over a decade. 488 feet. This hit the, this hit the double-decker, ladies and gentlemen. Destroyed the baseball. Now, today on TikTok, I put out that TikTok of Kyle Schwarber in that game one against the Astros last year. And I believe it was the ALCS when he was a member of the Boston Red Sox. Now he got that leadoff home run and I put it out there. What I needed here today was Kyle Schwarber to go long. And what we needed in this series was for Kyle Schwarbaum to arrive, not Schwarber, but Schwarbaum to arrive because you know, damn well, if Kyle Schwarber is on in this series, there is no way in hell that the Phillies are losing this series. And you saw what happened in game one. Right. Kyle Schwarber got you a home run and, and and you got the dub. Now, Kyle Schwarber went two for three as well. This was the best game you've seen from Kyle Schwarber in the playoffs thus far. And that is exactly what you needed. And that is one of the big factors of why you won the game. That's how important. That's how big Kyle Schwarber pun is because we all know how big his swing is. Or I should say short his swing is. It's just all power. It's all it really is. But we know how important Kyle Schwarber's bat is to this lineup. And what it does when it is on it, 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 in my honest opinion, it's not even Bryce Harper. I know it's crazy as it sounds, but it's Kyle Schwarber who leads the pack, 
who ignites the fire in this offense. And that's exactly what happened. And, of course, Bryce Harper adding on to it definitely was a big help as well. But that's really all you needed. I mean, you Darvish was on, and that's the thing. No one to take anything away from you, Darvish. It was just two star players getting the most out of it in a playoff situation. But you still had seven innings. I'm sorry, he still won seven innings. He did allow three hits. He did allow two earn, obviously, the two home runs like we just talked about, and seven strikeouts. I mean, through three innings, he was wheeling and dealing, no pun intended, to our, our wheeler. And that's that is huge. How many times throughout the season do we talk about you know, how many times are we going to talk about good pitching? At some point, you got to hit these, get on these good pitchers. And the track record against you, Darvish, is not that great. But that's why you pay Bryce Harper. That's why you pay Kyle Schwarber. Playoff baseball is built for the pitchers. And it takes star players like those dudes to throw that off. But then in turn, you need your own star pitcher, right? Well, you got that here tonight as Zach Wheeler looked phenomenal. Seven innings deep, only allowed one stick and hit, hit. Only one to that bum Will Myers in the fifth inning. Only, only walked one dude, and he had eight Ks, 83 pitches. He was absolutely filthy. Now, with every game, there's always going to be some controversy. End of the seventh inning. Rob Thompson, after 83 pitches, decides he's going to pull Zach Wheeler. And instead, he puts in Sir Anthony Dominguez for the eighth inning. Now, in hindsight, when you look at it, you're thinking to yourself, why are you taking out Zach Wheeler? And to that, yeah, I did agree. Was I upset about it? No. Did I, did I question it? Of course. But the reason why I wasn't upset about it was because, number one, I trust my bullpen. And that's something we've constantly talked about throughout these playoffs. So why would I eat my own words? I trust Sir Anthony Dominguez. I trust Jose Alvarado. Hey, heck, David Robertson just came back from injury. I trust him in an eighth inning situation. Connor Brogdon closed out game three. Um, who else am I missing in, in, in this staff here? But you guys get my point. Andrew Ballot, you guys get my point here. I trust my bullpen. Even if you would throw Zach Eflin, I would have trusted it. And another thing we do need to remember, the second point of this, this isn't a five-game set. This isn't a three-game set. This is the best of seven. So what you really want is game two, obviously, you're going to have Aaron Ola. Game three, coming back to Philly, you're going to want Ranger Suarez. Game four, you're probably going to go through another kind of bullpen situation, a bullpen game situation. You're going to run Noah Syndergaard for three to four innings and then go on from that. And then game, game, uh, game five, you roll out Zach Wheeler. Heck, I mean, I mean yeah, yeah, you roll out Zach Wheeler in game five. You got you got to keep that in mind, guys. And and tonight's uh, gamble did pay off. Now, there was some sweating going on in the ninth inning. I, I will agree. Jose Alvarado comes in there, and you never know what to expect with Jose. And and to be quite honest with you guys, I don't know if I like Jose in those ninth inning situations. He's gotten the job done. It's never smooth, though. Because what you need to remember is that Jose Arado is a guy who plays with emotion, a guy who plays with passion. And sometimes when situations get a little bit dicey, your emotions can take over, and that can't always be a good thing. Now, look, I thought Jose... Was solid. Obviously, he walks Jose Juan Soto, and you're thinking you're you're just sweating at that point. But he strikes out Manny Machado, right? 
Um, the the following play uh, with with uh, with 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 Josh Bell there. The the play at second base, you get the you get the the little the little grounder to 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 Alec Boehm. Boehm kind of flips it over to Bryson Stott at second base, and Bryson Stott was not able to catch the ball to get the out at second, and that extended the inning with runners on second and first and second. And that was a key, huge play. Bryson Stott needs to get that catch at second base because then he could have flipped it to first for a double play. And that was big. But luckily, we were able to get out of that, and luckily, we were able to get the win. But again, I trust Rob Thompson because he's gotten to us to this point. He's gotten us this far. I don't think that that was per se analytics. I think that that was just planning ahead and trusting in your guys. I guarantee you putting in Serena Dominguez in that situation boosted his his confidence. Serena Dominguez is back as well. Dude threw nine pitches and it was disgusting. One, two, three in that eighth inning. So I mean, this this team set themselves up greatly after game one. Now you go into game two. I don't really care what happens because you know why? You you get the split. You wanted the split going back to Philly again. Kind of like what we talked about, and kind of like what happened after Atlanta. So we shall see. What's up, Tommy? What's going on, man? How about them Phils, huh? How about them Phillies? Dude, it's exciting, man. It's exciting. Walking walking through the ballpark here today, you felt the the excitement. There's literally cars parked all up, up on, the, on the street. What's that on Citizens Bank Way? Next to the team store. People going into the team store. You can feel the buzz. You can feel the excitement surrounding the Philadelphia Phillies. It's a lot of fun, man. I'm excited. What's up, Mace? What's going on, brother? How's Minnesota sports looking these days, man? Vikings looking good. Twins on the playoffs, though. That sucks. I'm really, Mace, I don't, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm insinuating that you are a Minnesota sports fan, but I'm really curious about the Minnesota Timberwolves because those Twin Towers, it's not 2000. I'm sorry. It's not 1992 anymore. For you to be rolling out a front court of Go Bear and Carl Anthony Towns, but we'll see, man. What's going on, Mace? It's good seeing you, brother. Uh, Zach Leary, Sixers can lose every game to the World Series victory for all I care, if that's what it takes. I kind of agree with you, Zach. A championship over some regular season games. I'm with you, brother. I'm with you, man. What's going on, Zach? It's good seeing you, man. We got Ryan in here. What's going on, Ryan? How you feeling, man? What's going on? Chase, we'll get to the Sixers in just a second. Uh, what's up, Elijah? What's happening, man? Citizens Bank Park will be lit. Then that dead part. I, Elijah, Elijah I, I can't. I, listen, I, as much as I want to hate on San Diego because it is California and I don't always agree with with, with the with their fans and the way they treat sports you know i i do understand the part that you know california is just a great place to live there's always something to do it's a much more relaxed lifestyle than what it is here in philadelphia but i mean dude that that video that came out this morning on twitter the fans making the the, the chant the, the the this song the this chant towards the phillies that just that just tells you everything man and they got they got a little loud but it's not philadelphia and the Padres, when they come here to Citizens Bank Park, they're going to see what a real playoff atmosphere looks like. Let's go, Phillies. Absolutely. There you go, Ryan. Ryan, Ryan I don't even ever heard you talk about the Phillies or seen you talk about the Phillies. That's pretty cool, man. That is pretty cool. 
Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll continue. Listen, we're just going to keep going through these games. We got two more, obviously, but keep dropping your questions, guys. We'll we'll re reread them. I do see some Sixer stuff in there, um, so keep dropping those questions in there, guys. Keep. I really really appreciate it. it's really some good stuff you guys are dropping in here. But um, to your guys' point with with the Philadelphia 76ers, obviously opening up the season this year or tonight. I'm sorry. A lot of expectations heading into this year after yet again another second round exit, and the excitement per se was because of the depth that was added on this team. There's a lot of new faces on this basketball team, and the thought is, is that the depth issue finally has been fixed with after this offseason. You're going into game one against the Boston Celtics, who you guys know are a formidable team. They literally were the uh, NBA final runner-ups, Eastern Conference champs last season. And, of course, this year they pretty much bring the same team back um, they added on some pieces, Malcolm Brogdon obviously being the biggest acquisition. Uh, they did lose Danilo Gallinari to uh, the FIBA uh, World Qualifications. He suffers a, a, a fibula, fibula tear, so it's a big blow for Boston. And then the biggest blow of all, Ime Udoka. Uh, obviously, we all know about the scandal. We don't need to re-bring it back up, but he's obviously gone for the season. And so you got a Boston team that a lot of question marks surrounding just the core of it and just the leadership and the mindset of this basketball. I don't think anyone's questioning their talent offense or defensively because we know they are pretty damn good. But I think the question marks are more so in crucial situations in playoff like situations. So for the Sixers in game one, great first test. This isn't the New Orleans Pelicans like you opened up against last year. This is the Boston Celtics. This is a form very formidable opponent. So you really got a great first test. And unfortunately, the Sixers did not answer in that first test as they lose 126 to 117. I'll tell you what, this game really was was close through the first half. I really felt like um, the Sixers were staying was stayed in the game behind James Harden. Harden started off fantastically. I know that's not a real word, but he had a great start. I think he finished the first half with like was it like 20 uh, was it 24 points, 23 points. He was rocking, and he looked in shape. It was everything as advertised. Knocking down threes, the step back three was big. He was so tough to defend, especially in that first half. And the Sixers made it close at, at halftime. It was a close game. Unfortunately, in, this, in the second half, the, the, the Miami, the Boston Celtics just pulled away. They took their game to another gear, and the Sixers just had no answer. They look slow. They look old. Boston looked like they were a step ahead of the Philadelphia 76ers on this night and way too many mistakes. To me, the key in this game and the reason why Boston won was number one, the second half, but number two, it's the boneheaded stuff, right? You had yourself, um, you had 14 turnovers tonight, guys, 14 turnovers um, on, on the night. And Boston just did a great job of just creating those, creating those turnovers. Obviously, a lot of it um, starts with Joel Embiid. Joel did not have himself a great night. He did have 26 points because it's Joel Embiid. That's just on a bad night. That's kind of what you're going to get from Joel Embiid. But it's a turnovers. Um, I think when he was on the court, I think I heard he was the Sixers were a minus 14. So it, it, it really was not good at all. He did not get any good shots, any good looks, really. Uh, he didn't look like his dominant self. And he kind of looked out of it as well. He didn't, he didn't feel like it was the Joel Embiid. Uh, that you all expect and anticipate. So, look, there's there's a lot to fix here. And, of course, the biggest issue was the depth that you were really banking on going into the season. They also look kind of lost. You got outscored 35-14 uh, to 14, 
by as far as bench units goes, Boston's bench really produced a lot more than what the Sixers bench did, and that's obviously a big factor as well. But you cannot allow easy candy to be given to the Boston Celtics as in turnovers. You cannot turn the ball over. You cannot give easy baskets to the Boston Celtics as well. You got to be much more aggressive on defense too. Um, you know, um, Mark Jackson talked about in the post game show too much standing around as well. I agree. This team definitely looks slow, and I, I want to see how these guys respond going into the home opener on Thursday, which is obviously going to be a different situation, but you still got a really good opponent coming in here and a team defensively that is still really good. And the concern as well is that Boston still some good defenders out there. You know, Grant Williams, great defender. Marcus Smart, obviously a fantastic defender. They still were without Robert Williams, who's probably their best defender. And probably someone who could still slow down Joel Embiid. They did a good job of slowing down Joel Embiid without that. And now Horford definitely is taking a step back. Joel Embiid has definitely figured out how to maneuver around Al Horford. That's not the problem, though. Joel's got to get his head straight. Uh, I mean, again, uh, James Harden finishing with 35 points. He was the player of the game here for the Sixers. Five of nine from the from the three point line. These are just stuff that you did not see from uh, from from James Harden last year, the willingness to score. And that was there tonight. And that's really something that you were missing. And he still had seven assists that this, like, it's funny because this performance was very much like a Houston James Harden type of performance. And that's, that's incredible. That's incredible. PJ Tucker was not as advertised per se. I, I guess, I guess I would say, um, he did have a block, uh, he did finish with six points and he did. I did see the pick and rolls, um, looks that they had with, with, with PJ Tucker. Um, the rotation was also very interesting to see. Uh, as far as the bench goes, DeAnthony Melton and Daniel House would lead the charge uh, with 20 minutes and 16 minutes. Montrez Harrell with 10, and Georges Niang had uh, 12 minutes as well. Um, curious to see how the rest of this rotation will look like. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Of course, Matisse Thibault came in and he only played uh, 20 minutes, but it does feel like your rotation coming off the bench. Your sixth man will be DeAnthony Mellon, then Daniel House is your seventh, your eighth, Montrose Harrell, and the ninth, George Niang. And that's kind of what it looks like. Unfortunately, until Matisse Thibel can learn how to contribute on offense, he's going to lose out on minutes, and he's on an important, you know, contract year. It's not boding well for Matisse, uh, Matisse Thibel. Daniel House provides a little bit more offensively for you as a team. And so I'm curious to see how Matisse Thibel will look. But I do think that. This this rotation is not set in so neither. I do see some games where you'll have Furkan Korkmaster, Shake Milton, Paul Reed as well. Guys, one thing we need, do need to understand. Montrezl Harrell is not a bad option coming off as a backup center. You guys love young players. You love homegrown players. But Montrezl Harrell is more important to this team. And you're not really going to get much more from Paul Reed than what you got from Montrezl Harrell. Like I, we need to kind of stop with this home homers homernism, I should say. Like like vouching Paul Reed over Montrez Harrell. Relax, guys. This isn't DeAndre Jordan. That's, that's pretty much all I'm going to say with that one. Um, Doc Rivers has some work to do. Um, the energy from this team was was bad, and that's unacceptable. And that's the only thing that I will take away from it. This wasn't all bad. Like I, I do, I, I I do see some negativeness, and it's crazy because with what the Phillies and the Flyers did tonight, why are we negative about the Sixers? Um, but the energy has to be fixed, right? That uh, that is, there's no questions about it. But 
to see James Harden perform it the way he did tonight, guys, you, you have to take that as a W. Because now that answered a big question heading into the season. What James Harden are we going to have? And it does seem like we're going to get probably what we expected more at the deadline last year, and that's huge. Uh, TNT showed a, a graphic of James Harden to start the 2020 season with Houston, to start uh, with Brooklyn in, in last season, and then, of course, to start this year with the Sixers. Dude, he's in the best shape. By the eye test, by the way he looks, his play, he lo- he's at the best shape of his career. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is really dangerous to see. Um, Chase, how were you confident going into the Sixers opening night? They played the Eastern Conference champs who got who got Brogdon. Um, listen, I was pretty confident heading into opening night because I wasn't sure where boss's mentality was. And I also didn't expect the Sixers to look as old and as slow as they did here tonight. But I still am confident with this team. I still think that the Eastern Conference is going to come down to Boston, Philly, Milwaukee, or Miami. And that's going to be the final four teams in the Eastern Conference as well. Uh, so plenty of time left. Obviously, the Sixers have a lot of a lot of kinks to work out because one thing that you guys need to remember as well, you have one, two, three, four new players to integrate into your nine-man rotation. Guys, that's kind of a lot. That's almost 50% of your rotation. So that's also going to take some time. You know, you didn't see that chemistry. You know, that chemistry that you've seen from Sixers teams in the past, that wasn't here tonight. So that is going to take some time, and that's why I'm not really concerned about the Sixers after tonight's loss. It always sucks losing the boss. I'm witches, but I'm not going to freak out about it. Uh, Joel Embiid scoring up to them. Joel Embiid just, just played bad. That's all it is. It was very unorthodox, very uncharacteristic of Joel Embiid. Um, also, too, I'm not one of these... You know, these these boomers, you know, is like, yeah, Joel Embiid, you're seven foot tall. Go down in the paint. Stay down there. Don't leave. Like, that's not how basketball is played now. You have to be able to stretch the court as a center. But six shots, that's a that's too much. One for six. It's not falling and you're losing. You, you should not be taking that many threes. Like to me, Joel shooting a three is like a sweetener. It's like a it's like the cupcake after your dinner. I don't I don't need that to be the focal point of his game. He has a bunch of other things that make him super effective on the court. But again, it's game one. And I do think that he was trying to get he he looked the, the whole team just looked off. I, I don't know what it was. I don't know if something went down, but it, it just looked off. Maybe it's just that, you know, opening day. You got to get back into the groove of things. Not a lot of playing time in the preseason for these guys. I don't know, but it has to get better. Uh, Doc Rivers has to do a lot, man. I, I mean, listen, Doc Rivers, let's face it. Doc Rivers is going to be watched on under a freaking microscope this season, right? Because just the way he handled last year, because of not being able to set himself up going into the playoffs, playing some of your younger players, develop, continue developing those guys. It, it honestly is, is frustrating. Um, but if Doc Rivers, it, this is it for Doc. I mean, if Doc Rivers does not win with this team or take this team out of the second round, I don't see how the Sixers bring him back. Because this is a good Sixers team. This is the deepest Sixers team that they have ever had. 
And so he's got to figure this out. Him and his coaching staff have to figure this out. And I and I truly uh, do believe that they will get this done. Um, all right. So real quick, you got first off tomorrow we have game two uh, of the, the the Padres of the Phil and the Phillies NLCS game two. Uh, that's that'll be a four thirty five. Uh, you obviously you're gonna have uh, Aaron Nola go on the mound, and you're gonna go. He's he's gonna go up against Blake Snell. That's gonna be fun. All right, that's gonna be a lot of fun um, because of what happened in the in the summer. Obviously, the Bryce Harper injury happened in San Diego. Blake Snell was the the pitcher, so that'll be fun. And of course, the Sixers will be back at it uh, Thursday night for the home opener, same night as the Union opening their playoff run, uh, and that and you got Milwaukee coming into town, so. That should be a lot of fun as well. Um, one more team to talk about here. We got the Philadelphia Flyers, who somehow, some way, are hotter than the Sixers. I don't think anybody expected or saw that coming. So that is actually pretty cool to see. Uh, but tonight, the Flyers had an extremely impressive victory. Going up against the Tampa Bay Lightning, we all know the daunting cha uh, challenge that is the Tampa Bay Lightning. They have they have what they've won the Eastern Conference what the last three four years have won the Stanley Cup uh, three of the last four years or whatever it may be. They are a dynasty of all. They are the kings of the NHL. You could say I know the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup, but when you look at the past couple seasons, I mean the Lightning are it. And so this was a great uh, test early on in the season in a little road trip that the Flyers are on against the Lightning. Now, in the first period, uh, it was a little bit back and forth. It was a little bit chippy. The Flyers are trying to keep up with the Tampa Bay Lightning. You got Nick Delorier getting into a Patrick Maroon, and that kind of turned the energy around. And here we go. You had Zach McEwen coming back. McCowan, McEwen, whatever we're going to call him, McEwen. I think it's McEwen. He comes back in this game. And you got the freaking Broad Street Bullies back in that freaking third line with Delorier and McEwen. And listen, I, I just want to put this out there. I really don't need these goons on this team anymore. I really don't need that style of hockey. Now, when you're a team that lacks skilled players, like Tortorella has mentioned before, you need things to kind of spark something out of you, right? And maybe the Laurier and the McEwen and being playing physical adds on to it. But any guys who are going to score pucks can't always rely on Delorier and McEwen. I don't know Delorier had a solid year last year, and that was the best offensive year of his career. Hence why he got the contract he did. But I, I mean, I don't I don't want to be like last year, like last year, because we were so hopeless. We we're just dropping gloves at will. But that fight felt very necessary because it set the tone and it's just told the, it sent the message that, hey, Tampa, we get it. You're a good team, but we don't care. We really don't. We want to come in here. We want to get a victory and we're going to punch you in the mouth in the, in the process of it. So you either take it or leave it. Now, in the second period, things kind of doing a little round. Um, and Tampa Bay got two goals. Uh, Steven Stamkos did, was doing his thing. Uh, the PK really had a tough time. Listen, the Tampa Bay power play, it's a reason why they're the Tampa Bay Lightning, right? The Tampa Bay pow power play is, is just filthy. And when you're leaving Steven Stamkos on an island to kind of just snipe on you, he, he's going to do that. First one was a little bit low, kind of just hit uh, Carter Hart, like in the lower region. I'm not saying his, his, his manhood, but it was in the lower region. And it just deflected in the net. Second one, it was a high, it was a high one. Stamkos just ripped that bad boy, and it's two nothing. In, in the midst of 
five minutes, the, the Lightning are up 2 nothing. After the first period, the Flyers had their heads up high. They played, they played Tampa tough in the first period. They set the tone. And for it to go away like that, it was, it was definitely heartbreaking. However, though, um, midway through it, after 10 minutes of play, Scotty Lotz gets, gets uh, the Flyers on the board, gets a rebound back, uh, and that got the, the score uh, cut in half. And it's a completely different puck game. See what I did there? Now you head in the third period, down one. It's a different, it's a different uh, story. Power play on the on in minute number one, you get uh, Kevin Hayes rips one for JVR. JVR doing his bread and butter, and that's what you need him to do. Keep it simple for JVR. He deflects and gets a goal. And then Noah Cates, great job of some great relentless defense. And you know, we talked about Noah Cates today. Love Noah Cates. He has solidified a, a role here up with Philadelphia. I should not be seeing him going back to Lehigh Valley. Steals a puck, turns around, rips it uh, with a nice little wrist on the left side of that, and that was a difference maker. Flyers played great defense, and I'm talking great defense for eight minutes. And the Flyers walked out of Tampa Bay with a 3-2 victory. This was impressive, guys. Absolutely impressive performance here by the Philadelphia Flyers. And I want, and listen, I want to talk about a couple of players, but I, I do want to start off with Carter Hart. Carter Hart, again, has been phenomenal. This dude didn't even play preseason hockey. He had 36 saves tonight on 30. These shots do need to come down. We need to, we need to, we need to talk about that. Carter Hart, again, seeing 30 plus shots. And like he needs to, we need to stop that. Now, again, it is the Tampa Bay Lightning, and you know, you kind of expect that, but this is now three games where Carter Hart's seeing 30 plus shots in each one of these games. It's got to get cut down 110%. Has to get cut down. Um, Travis Konechny, again, dude, he's been on a tear so far. He's really been one of the big factors of why the Flyers have started off quickly. He's playing at a level that, honestly, I've never seen him play at. And it's so refreshing to watch. And if he continues playing like this, the sky's the limit. There's a lot of fun players on this team. There's still some um, roles that are unsolidified. Uh, I still think that the there's going to be some more musical chairs with the third and fourth lines. Uh, you're going to still see uh, Torts try some new things, but it is clear. Like, this is a great win. I, I know I'm kidding. Obviously, the title Flyers going to the playoffs. Like, obviously, I'm kidding, but I don't know if the Flyers will make the playoffs this year. I, I really don't. I, we do need to consider the fact that the Metro is still a very difficult division. But the one thing I do know, this isn't the same Flyers team. This team is doing different things that I've seen in the last two, three seasons, honestly. So regardless of what happens going down the line, I don't I don't see this team being a 60-point team again this year. I really don't. And you got to give credit to John Tortorella. It was the right hire. Because what this team really needed was a kick in the ass. These guys were tired after the first period. It was a lightning. But they were built and ready for the three periods because of what Tortorella put them through in the offseason. They were ready for situations like this. And listen, like we talked about with the Eagles, you know, they're now 6-0, and you're like wondering every week, like, when are they going to lose? But you see them playing out there. You see them playing with that chip on their shoulder still, even as they're an undefeated football team. It's a group of men who just don't want to settle for mediocre mediocrity. And I want to see if this Flyers team has the same mentality. Are they still going to have the same fight and hunger? 
you know, when you're five, six and oh, I know hockey, you know, you play 82 games NFL, you're playing 17. I know it's a little bit different, but let's say like 20 games in you're 16 and four or all right, fine. You're 14, three and two. Are you still going to have that? Are you still going to have that hunger? Are you still going to play teams the way you do now? That's why you're winning games. And that's really what I want to see how this John Tortorella team is going to handle the rest of the season. And we shall see. It's it's a lot of fun, though. And they're, they're another reason why to be happy here in the city. 3-0 Flyers. The Phillies just took a 2-0 lead on the series. And although the Sixers lost here tonight, I mean, we we, we know. We, we all knew once the all-season moves were done with the Sixers that we were just looking forward to the playoffs. Because how many times did we get excited for a regular season and watch them ball out, get the one seed, the two, the three, the four seed, and then we go into the playoffs and they're bounced by the second round. Like, I'd rather them struggle a little bit throughout the playoffs and then just go on a tear in in, in the playoffs. There are obviously some things that they need to work on. And it's going to take some time. And I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm really not worried. I'm really not. And you shouldn't be either. Maybe worry about Glenn. Maybe worry about Glenn Rivers. Just, 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 a, just a tad bit. Just a tad bit. And obviously, with the Phillies, man, I, listen, it's real, guys. <laughs> it is honestly real. Now, look, I, I still feel confident these guys can win the series against the Padres after a, a, a game one win. I am still a little skeptical if they can win a World Series. I don't want to look too far ahead, but you know, the Yankees today beat the Guardians, and I look at that ALCS, and that's a really good matchup. And it does feel like whoever wins that ALCS is going to be the team that wins the World Series, whether it be the Yankees or whether it be the Astros. And yes, I would rather have the Astros win over the Yankees. I hate New York. It's just, it's just my DNA. <laughs> and the best part about this whole playoff series, the whole playoff run, is you know just the constant reminder that the Mets are just the Mets. You know, you got the Francisco Lindor New Balance commercial. Um, what's the other one? Is it Allstate or one of those auto insurance commercials? And you're just thinking to yourself, man, oh man, Lindor's got to watch this from his couch while Bryce Harford is out here balling. JT Real Mito, Kyle Schwarber out here balling. It's beautiful. It's 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 just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing, guys. And it's not over, guys. Tomorrow you got game two, a little afternoon baseball action. On Thursday, you got the Sixers home opener, so South Philly is going to be wild. You got the Union uh, playoff opener, so Chester is going to be wild. It's a great time in Philly sports, and then you get to relax this weekend. Well, we'll see how the we'll see how the NLCS goes. But Sunday, obviously, no Eagles, so that makes it a little bit more. You get to digest a little bit. I mean, I'm about to lose some sleep. I got to be up at six in the morning tomorrow, and I, who knows what time I'm going to fall asleep tonight. Uh, so I'm losing some sleep. I know you guys are. I know a lot of people are out there still drinking, boozing it up, which, you know, kudos to you guys. I wish I had a beer right next to me, but, you know, responsibilities, responsibilities. And that's the beauty of, of sport. It's funny because, you know, I'm thinking like 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 Phil, like Phil Stifel here at DSM Media, right? He's someone who covers sports full time. And, you know, to pay the bills, he runs a pizza shop. Philly sports literally is a huge part of just his income. Because we all know that when Philly sports are good, you know, a lot of families are can't go out to the ballpark. What are they doing? Let's hang out at home. Let's watch the game on the big screen. Hun, I'll go pick up the beer. 
You go pick up the pizza. You go call Phil Stifle. Or, hey, you go to your local bar, your local pub, your local tavern. You run up the bill. You're all happy because Zach Wheeler went seven innings deep. Bryce Harper and Schwarbaum went deep as well. And so you're tipping your, your bartender a little bit extra. Maybe tonight you got a little 22% because it's 2022 and your Phil's about to win the championship. Boom! It's exciting times. And who knows what the Flyers... I, I want to say this with the Flyers. Just take it game by game. Because I know how we are in Philadelphia. Just take it game by game. Because you don't know what's going to happen. But be excited for the Flyers. <laughs> all right, guys. That's going to do it here today. Phillies are one, up one nothing. Sixers will be all right. Flyers 3-0. and oh. It's a beautiful time in Philly sports. Guys, keep dropping your comments in the comment section once we get out of here. I want to thank everyone for tuning on in here to today. For Sixers, Phillies, Flyers game recap, we'll be back at it again tomorrow talking about game two for the Phillies. Guys, please make sure to hit the like button. Subscribe for more Philly sports. We will have this posted where every stream podcast as well. Find us under wherever you stream podcasts under Apple for uh, where you, uh, in Apple, Google, or Spotify, I'm trying to say. Of course, we are sponsored by Lots of Rain Watches. Make sure you guys check out Lots of Rain Watches. And make sure you guys use my promo code at the checkout page, Barcelo Philly, for 10% off of your purchase of a Lots of Rain Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, I go by the name of El Barcelo Philly, and I'm telling you guys, let's go Philly sports. Let's keep this going, guys. Talk to you guys soon. Uh-huh.